before we jump in with our guest for tonight i'll very quickly give you a background of what is founders 52 and more importantly who we are as hindsight ventures we are an africa focused startup accelerator currently running programs on the ground in different parts of the continent uh, in india we go by startup rezo but in 2020 we started hindsight ventures as a dedicated startup accelerator and entrepreneurship support organization focusing on african entrepreneurs building in africa for africa over the years we have built out several programs and built out a portfolio of about 180 companies across 13 different cohorts over the years uh, but more importantly what we are trying to achieve with founders 52 is to bring on board founders who have a story to tell we strongly believe that the best way to learn is from peers and people who have been there done that and through founders 52 we bring in founders every wednesday night 9 pm east africa time and we have conversations with them along their journey why they are building what they are building how did they go about their journey the product market fit and interesting aspects around whether it is fundraising pivot exit so on and so forth till date we have done five episodes and today we have with us my friend stephen who is the co-founder and cto of pay for me stephen welcome on the call thank you awesome so it's not very common to see someone who is a cto the ctos are very reticent and they're not very public facing they don't talk a lot but it's very interesting to have perspective from someone who is a cto and a co-founder so stephen tell us a little bit about yourself where did you go to school what did you study and who is stephen okay <laughs> yeah so uh my name is stephen jude uh so even though i answer stephen jude my first name is actually jude uh well, my surname is stephen so uh i was born in nigeria uh in anambra state that's a state in nigeria and uh i school there uh i also did my diploma program there uh currently i'm also doing my uh undergraduate program in uh an online university we call it open university here in nigeria uh but then uh I kind of dropped out as of last year even though I'm continuing this year <laughs> so that we can focus on thing for me because uh when we were trying to get into tax stars it was a little bit a lot of work so I I told myself let me just leave this one year and and let's get this done and then I can continue uh later so uh so uh, uh I I became I I did computer science in my diploma course uh it was a two year program and after that i got my first job in 2017 uh as somebody that operates computer even though i i learned how to code in school they, they didn't employ me to code because uh the environment where we were where where was not really uh an area where people code but then i started building out things and 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 the the owner of the company was like okay this guy could do more than just operating computer and entering data and then that was how my career started as a software engineer i built a lot of product i stayed with them for 4 years and then after that i left and i joined pay for me so i joined pay for me uh should i continue talking about my my getting into pay for me yes jude yes of course of course yeah just go on all right so when i joined pay for me we we were called across the horizon uh so uh, we started uh, i came in as a full stack developer uh so my support post on inter- on the internet that is looking for a full stack engineer so i applied and sent him a mail he replied me we had a, an interview the same morning and the next day we had another interview and he hired me 
So I worked with him for two months. After two months, he told me, uh, I've seen some potential. I think you can come in as a CTO. Okay. Can you, uh, we recruited the one designer, one, uh, one UI US designer, one front-end developer, one uh, 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 mobile developer, and we do the best version of pay for me. So that was how I got into uh but maybe I'm going to talk more about what we did at Pay for Me and how we got where we were. But that's basically how we got started. What what really excited you about Pay for Me? Because you, like you said, you reached out to the guy who launched or started Pay for Me, and you're really interested in it. And you came on board. You you started off with your your career as as a developer and then you went on to become a CTO and now you're a co-founder and CTO at pay for me what really excited you about pay for me okay so uh pay for me i think pay for me is one of the products i saw that had a, a product market fit like it, it the, the market was calling the the product itself that's where i'll put it because we started out the company as a travel abroad agency and then we noticed that most of the barrier around travel abroad is not necessarily traveling abroad, but getting to pay those, uh, 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 make those payments on time and also make it uh, uh, as fast as possible. So that was how we, that was what prompted us to build out the first version of Pay For Me. Uh, so I came in when the product, when the first version of the product was built, but it was not built by me because I was working on other things. We outsourced that to an Indian company and they did the first version for us. The only thing was that we couldn't scale, we, we couldn't do more than just the basic that they gave us. So I had to rebuild the whole app from scratch. And that was how we, we started putting things in place because we saw how big it was. But it was an exciting thing because payment has been a thing for me. I, I remember I, I integrated my first payment gateway in 2018, that was Paystack. And as soon as I finished integrating that, I wrote about it. And even till today, the article I wrote about that uh, integration is still getting people to, to get in contact with me, telling me they want me to do the same thing for them. Yeah. Got it, got it. No, thank you for that. And and how big do you think is the problem? So like you said, right, I mean, the problem is is not about getting admission or, or traveling to universities and, and higher learning institutions abroad, but the, the ability or, or creating the infrastructure which allows students to pay. How big do you think is the problem in terms of whether it is number of students annually who probably are unable to, to take take up their admission because of their inability to to do the transaction or how big is the market in terms of the the volume or the size of the market uh the truth is that the product the, the market is very big uh let me give you an example let me give you uh, people that are affected uh, or people that are concerned in this market the number one person or uh, number one people that will try to solve their problem first are international students but beyond that, we have other people that are not international students, people that want to travel maybe for tourism, maybe for uh, 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 business uh, 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 meetings. These people need to pay for their visa, and, and they still face the same problem with, with students. But why students is a big one is that uh, when you get in there as a student, after you've paid your, you made your payment and you get into the school, you still have to continuously make uh, your payment every year for you to continue. And most students that even got there, 
still get deported because they couldn't make their payments on time or probably the platform they are using to make their appointment disappointed them and then they uh, they didn't make that payment for them on time so and we have a lot of international students like we we you've seen the news uh, even uh you've seen the news uh, about international students in the uk but there are a lot of them even in kenya even in ghana they all have the same problem so is is an african problem and is very big like the only payments we handle on our platform is student payments and i can tell you that is as big as is as big as is it, it, it can be i don't know how <laughs> how i can say i don't want to call numbers but it's a very big uh, the same like every day people make use of our platform hundreds of them and till date how many how many have you processed through your platform in terms of number of applications or number of students how many of them have gone through your platform okay so uh currently we have over 20000 students on our platform uh and 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 this is with respect to uh not doing much we don't run plenty ads we, we try to engage with influencers lately but then we don't run ads we don't these are just organic these are word of mouth uh, a guy reached out to us he said he has over 2 uh, 2000 nurses on his platform that wants to study nurse in the in the in the in the in Canada i think and he and he saw our platform what he did was so amazing he went on on youtube he did a video of our app he he showed people how they can use the app by himself and he shared it with this 2000 students and i can tell you even till today we still process not, like the week that he did that we processed over 100 uh, uh, over 100 payments from those uh, nurses and and till now we still processing like it's more like a word of mouth uh, kind of thing so i i can't quantify it but it's, it's no that's fine but jude i i think uh, one thing that you that you mentioned which is very important and particularly because you're a, a b2c kind of a business right one of the things yeah. that people believe is that to acquire a customer you need to spend a lot whether it's on facebook ads google ads what not but if you're able to kind of organically bring people onto your platform there is no better way and what you gave as an example a guy who has probably been on your platform used your platform going and creating a, a video on youtube i mean there could be no better validation than that of a user who's acting as a as an influencer and and lot of people i think they believe in in that kind of word of mouth rather than the the marketing dollars that that you would spend so kudos yes. to you and and what the, the the team has done in terms of building a product the market wants one thing that you said which really caught my attention when you were speaking was so when you look at startups a lot of times people are interested in knowing the ltv which is a lifetime value now in many cases when you're doing payment processing in particular it either is is just one event or it is just one activity where someone is coming the point that you made where if a student is going to to study whether it is an undergrad or postgrad if someone is doing an undergrad probably they are doing anywhere between 8 to 12 semesters and each semester there's a payment which means yeah. that once you acquire a customer that customer is going to be there with you for the tenure of that the 12 semesters he or she is going to use your platform so how has how has the, the how has the continuity been do have you seen that people come on the platform and they are repeatedly using it or they are just using it for one or the other transaction here and there yeah so i think i will answer in two ways uh, we have we have two different kind of uh, customers we have the student themselves 
And also we have uh, people we call agents. Agents are people that help people to process uh, 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 their school at, uh, 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 documents. So they help you to find a school. They, they tell you, they, they guide people through. And this kind of people, they are plenty. The same with the same number uh, with students. So on, on that end, we make recurring revenue from those agents. But for students, there's more to them. When they come directly to us, we have them. We already know that these are students. Some of them, they apply to our loan uh, partners. We have two loan part partners currently. We have Prodigy and we have uh, Empower Finance. These people provide loans to students that studying abroad and, and is, 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 is uh, totally free. There is no in-between until, until you are done with your school and start working. That's when you now pay back. So, but the students, capturing them, uh, we have a lot. There's a lot to it in the sense that they have to stay at least four years with us because they have to make the school, uh, uh, the, the, their payments, and then they have to continuously keep making those payments until they are done. So that's the number one. And then the other thing is also is that we're also working, like you say, we are a B2C uh, 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 company. So we're also working in, uh, to partner with those schools directly. Uh, we have made some moves. Getting those schools to come and register with us has not been easy. We are a small company. We are just starting. So, and these schools are big companies. They are. They have a lot of. Uh, 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 what would I call it? There is a lot of uh, departments that you have to go through before you can get them to to come to the table with you. But that's where we want to be, and that's where we are going to be, so that we we interface with these schools directly. And then we, 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 when we stick with this school, as far as this school continues to have students, we will continue to have customers. No, Jude, thank you. Thank you so much for that. I think it, uh, it does explain uh, a lot. Uh, so tell me something more. I mean, uh, what, what does your business model look like? Uh, what are the different ways in which uh, pay for me makes money? Okay. Uh, so the basic way we make money is, uh, uh, we we try to keep our we try to keep our FX rates very low as much as we can, uh, but then we we charge students uh, some percentage to make their payment. That's where we make our revenue from. Uh, but then there is also a cap. So just like uh, if you are using most payment gateway like Paystack, there is a cap of two thousand naira for uh, for any amount that you want to make. So but then they will charge you. I think like. Three point something percent, or maybe uh, one point something percent for small, small charges. But if you are making like above, I think above uh, two hundred thousand or five hundred thousand, I'm not sure. They will put a cap on it that you just pay two thousand flat rate. So that's what we currently do. We have a cap that we put for any amount you are making. But then in that cap, that there, there there's a percentage that you give us. But when that percentage gets to a particular amount, we we cap it. Got it, got it. And is that the, so you just mentioned about a couple of areas. So those are the only two streams through which you guys make money? That's the business yeah. model? Yeah, but then uh, the other part where we, which is the part we are, we are currently working on is we want to reduce, uh, reduce the processing, uh, 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 the fees that they pay, the percentage that they pay to us uh, with our in, uh, partnership with those schools. So, if we, if we partner with those schools, we now charge those schools those money. So students will have less to pay, and then uh, school will have more to pay since uh, uh, it will be easier on their end. 
I think the second way we also make money on pay for me is we have what we call express free and regular. So if you want your 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 payment to be processed uh uh in twenty four hours, in less than twenty four hours, you you pay us uh express fee. And if you want it to be regular, that's that like one to two working day, uh, uh, depending on on how how long the queue is, uh you you use the regular. Got it, got it. So tell me something. I mean, you position yourself purely as a as a fintech, for lack of words, but you're you're a fintech which is vertically focused on the on the education sector, correct? Yeah. So we we are yeah. fintech. Ah, uh, I can't. I kind of think we are we are the intersection of fintech and education. <laughs> sure, for sure. And you could add travel to it too because we have to have those people traveling to to also make so uh, we are at intersection. But basically, we we are not necessarily a fintech. Uh, we are more into education. That's why we we try to make partnership with those uh platform like Empower and Prodigy for providing. We want to see students study abroad. So if I might go a little bit deep, why I want to say why I say that we are an education company is that uh our my, our CEO, Mr. Paul, he, he was an international student, and that was why we started solving this problem. He had the same problem. He had the same issue where he has to make his payments, and then he nearly lost his admission. He had to find somebody that is in the state to help him make that payment. Like, And then when he went there, he noticed that most other students that are also coming over are also having the same problem. So this problem has been there. Like... Uh, Mr. Paul is, has been in the U, in the U.S. for over twelve years now, so is a is a problem that has been there for over twelve years or more. Th that's when he started to notice it. So it's a big problem. So uh, I would say that it's, it's around more of education than it's around fintech. Yeah. No, it's 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 good. I mean, uh, how you classify yourself, I think the messaging is also very important. I think for a lot of startups which are which are particularly working at the intersection of two industries or or more. I think how you classify yourself, I think, goes a long way in terms of the the perception, your ability to raise rounds of financing, uh, how you scale your company, how you build out business models. So thanks for for clarifying on on how you you see yourself as as pay for me as a company which is very much focused on the the education sector because you are providing that uh, enabling infrastructure of so to say. To, to different stakeholders, whether it is uh, the student who is the end benefactor, but also, I mean, working with companies like the Empowers of the World, which are actually financing the students. So that's that's a really good point. Uh, currently, yeah. currently, as pay for me, uh, where is the, the majority of the traffic coming onto the platform from? Is it just Nigeria? Is it West Africa? Is it Pan-Africa? How are you seeing it? Okay, so uh, uh, most of our customers are from Nigeria. Uh, but then it's kind of a little bit uh, surprising to us when we notice that uh, we still have uh, a kind of, not necessarily the same number of people, not necessarily the same uh, population of students that are also in other parts of uh, African countries. Like uh, we do, currently we do process payments from Ghana. We do, sorry about that. We do process payment from Kenya. We do process payment from uh, Sierra Leone. We don't make much noise about that. We don't talk about it in the media. We don't uh, 
try to uh we we currently focusing on nigeria because most of our customers people that we understand very much are in here in nigeria so i, I would say that most of our traffic are here but then it's not limited to here we want to do this and we want to do it for all the african nations and then we can go from there uh to other parts of the world that needs our solution got it got it no that's that's good to know and the journey hasn't been a, a old one right it's your what as a company you're 3 years old yeah so we started officially uh in 2020 that was when we launched the first version of the product uh there have been a lot of challenges if you want me to talk about it a few ones yes uh, i mean it's it's very important it's very important to know i mean we when we talk of startups either you're talking of like really good things or gloomy things but at the yeah. same time it's it's important to know what are the practical challenges that a business faces and how you kind of overcome it so please by all means go ahead and share what challenges you have faced in in your business and how you were able to overcome those yeah so so i, I think we can categorize the challenges in two ways i will categorize them with respect to uh the technical challenges which are the part where i uh, i i major in and then the other part is uh the business challenges so uh, uh, mr po is in a better position to talk about the business challenges but even though i i still understand and knows what is happening there the message so most of the business challenges we have is uh is around the uh, regulations uh getting partnerships with other companies so currently we, we accept payment from these students but then we still don't uh like we don't have license so we have to make partnership with most of the fintech in nigeria to help us collect those money and also we have to try to convert the money so we collect naira and we buy fx and then we send it to the states uh but then we also have uh, uh the register the us register side of the business where we have a us account and then we make those payments from there uh so that's the two part so getting this two uh part of the comp- uh, two part of uh, <laughs> the business to work seamlessly and always uh, having the funds on time is is part of the the uh, the, the 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 business side that is hard i think another part that is hard is uh, uh what i call uh they say if people are copying you probably you are doing something right but uh, when we started when we were still small when when it looked like they could kill us in a jiffy uh some of the partners we partnered earlier with they started doing what we were doing uh like we had two partnership that literally started off doing what we were doing i, I wouldn't call i won't call their names but they started doing well like they they saw the money that was coming in they saw the inflow they saw like it's big is as is big as that so they kind of feel like there's something here and they saw the rate the volume is also big so i think that that could be the motivation but they had those data because they have we had partnership with them and 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 they that was that that's basically it's about the business i think uh, for the other part is uh uh working making the app to work to actually work uh building a product uh that works 99 or 100% of the time is hard uh but we've tried our best to do as much as we can and as fast as we can one of the first thing we did in our app is that we we try to make sure that 
our our payment gateways are not sticky on the app. So in the sense that we could add and remove, and that was the case. We had some partners that uh, uh, I remember when we used Paystack, they blocked us off and they started asking us for license. So we had to turn that off. So if we didn't build out a technical solution that will help us to switch up pay for me and uh, put out uh, another payment gateway without people updating the app, uh, we couldn't have been still in business because they hold up our money and and it took like, I think like a month or two for them to release our money. So if we didn't have money in the bank, if we didn't have the technical expertise to make sure that the app is still running without uh, 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 the downtime that Paystack was giving to us, uh, maybe we wouldn't have been here. Maybe we would have been dead. <laughs> so we had to solve that problem technically. Uh, and then currently we have a lot of payment integration that we, we are not scared of anyone turning us off. We are not scared of somebody saying we are no longer dealing with you guys. We could jump in, plug in any payment gateway we want in a GP and unplug as fast as possible. And this also keeps us to be in compliance. So uh, Nigerian uh, 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 FinTech regulations are always coming up and going down. CBN is always introducing something and removing something. So this is also something that uh, helped us. So uh, for example, if we notice that uh, a, uh, a payment gateway or a partner that we are using uh, is no longer being, is no longer compliant with CBN, like they released a list yesterday uh, and one of our partners was on that list and we had to turn them off. And then we still have business and we still have our partner, other partners we are using and the app is still running fine. So these are some of the challenges that come uh, and they have been coming. Uh, I think the other challenge is support. Uh, uh, getting uh, 24, having 24 hour support, we tried it to some extent, but it's not something really easy. But it's something that we took care of very early when we noticed it. Uh, we noticed that support is going to be a big deal for us. People are very emotional with money. So we had to put things in place. Initially, it wasn't that easy because as soon as somebody has any issue with money, the next thing is he's jumping up. He thinks he was going to lose his money. And you know Nigeria is an industry. It's an environment where people go scot-free when they take other people's money. So that, that, that made people to have low confidence on, on companies to return their money if something goes wrong. But that's one of the things we also covered early on. So I think basically that's, uh, that's I think there are a lot of problems, but I think these are the major uh, that we have seen so far. No, th thank thank you for outlining that. And one of the things that you mentioned, and and that's why I think it's it's also important to to know where you stand, and particularly if you're cutting across two industries, like you said, CBN is constantly kind of changing the rules and regulations. It is bringing something new. I mean, this happens everywhere. I mean, it's it's not just Nigeria, but whether you look at uh, other emerging markets, Western world, because. Most of the regulators, they are also learning as they go because there are newer models which are evolving. There are newer products that are being launched. And most of the regulators, they, they, they learn as they, as they see. And yeah. fintech is, is particularly one area. I mean, whether it is fintech infrastructure or fintech enablement is one area where even if there are small loopholes or small gray areas, people try to build businesses around that. And they don't want that leakage to be there. And and that's why, I mean, for you as a company, even though you position yourself as a as an ed tech or an education sector focused company, it's, it's very important that you also keep your ears clued into what CBN is doing because it shouldn't yeah. come back to, to haunt you at some point in time, which is 
a very important lesson for anyone who is probably listening and whose business is probably at the intersection of two industries i mean whether it's a live listener or someone tuning in onto our spotify channel and listening later on i think you need to in this case be vigilant about both industries the how the education mm. sector is shaping up but also fintech but yeah. uh, i think so far you you guys have been staying on the right side of the law which is which is kind of which is kind of good and because you are also attracting traffic not just from one country you're you're doing multiple countries right so yeah. uh, so, so jude where are where are you domiciled are you a, a lagos or nigeria incorporated company or are you uh, incorporated elsewhere okay so uh we 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 are incorporated in the united states uh we are dawasi corporation uh and also we are incorporated here in nigeria so uh we we have the two because when you are here when you are dealing with uh the partners that are here in nigeria they need your uh your uh your registration your incorporation details here in nigeria and when we are in the states we we have to deal with uh with uh, united states uh with respect to their law so we are we are on both ends got it got it and and how big is the team where where are you guys or how are you guys building the product how are you innovating because if you look at the education sector and and particularly if you look at fintech for education and having been doing rounds of the different parts of africa over the past 2 2 and a half years and reading up i think uh, financing within education as a as a sector has has huge potential it's it's a massive opportunity that you guys are are working on so in 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 that context if you can tell a little bit more in terms of how is uh, competition shaping up uh, how do you see the the industry kind of moving forward what are your views on that okay uh so let me talk a little bit about our team and how we are innovating and then i can come down to how the industry is doing so uh for our team uh, like i mentioned when mr po hired me we were mostly outsourcing uh uh some of our products uh to indian guys uh according to him he had some issues with most people that he has recruited from nigeria to work for him so he kind of was losing confidence he was just like let me give it this one more try and then he got me and then he got me and this other guy and we worked for him for for two months for a month and then the other guy was relieved uh, and then i stayed and after working on the second month uh in the second month he was like okay we can do this better and then he recruited me and told me okay get get me other people like you so that we could build a strong team so i started looking for people uh i could say that the easiest way to hire the best people is through your network most of the people that have stick with me most of the people that have stayed longer with me most of the people that have stand by me have been people that i i got connected to via my network Uh, and they are here they are still here with me i think my engineering head uh his name is olu sola oluale we call him sola he's the one that is doing the engineering he was the first front end guy i i, I hired uh we hired uh, a mobile app guy and then we hired a ui ux person and and the rest but currently we are no longer there we are we are kind of doubled our team uh we have more people on the team I, the engineering team is around uh, uh 9 to 10 people now uh and for innovation uh 
we we kind of still don't have structure because we are still trying to solve the problem. So we have not solved this problem. Yeah, we are where we are when we started is not where we are currently, but we were not. We are we are still trying to solve this problem in a way that it can scale, in a way that we can ship it to other places, uh, move it around uh, other uh, industries that also need those kind of solutions. But basically, uh, our innovation is still is still in process. We are still working on it. Uh, like one of the things that we we noticed when we uh, started getting more traction was that there's a lot of fraud. So we had to start in, uh, in we, we incorporated the uh, uh, KYC, uh, and then we we started looking at things closely. I think more of the work we do is not even on the front end now. More of the work we do is now on the back end, on the platform where we manage these people, where we see what is going on per time. Because the fintech industry, like I say, is a money industry and there's a lot of fraud in it too. So that's one of the first realizations. And we've been building around that in order to keep that. Uh, this thing. I think another part where we've been innovating more is also in, is also in, uh, in how to then make those payments. So when we started, we, we were collecting pay, uh, uh, information like uh, those data one after the other. But then we found that, okay, people could scan uh, 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 their documents and then scan it and upload it to us in terms of giving us the details of the, info, of, of the payment they want to make. So they don't necessarily have to fill out the whole form. Uh, and then our product guys went in and they, built, they, they designed something. And when we looked at it, we were like, okay, let's do this. And we did it and it's working. So people have the option of either entering the details of of their of of the payment they are making, or they could just make a scan of it, which makes it faster, and then send it to us. So that's basically uh, 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 how we've been innovating. Uh, but but then there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work. Uh, but currently, most of the things we are building is 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 around. Help making that payment faster, making it easier, making it as fast as possible. I, I think somebody said that uh, if if it's harder or if it's lower for your for your app to collect money from your customers, that means you are doing something wrong. So what we're trying to do is start to make the gap between the, the user giving us their money to be very very small. So that's where we are innovating in, uh, uh, currently. Yeah. Got it. I think some of the things that you spoke about it, it makes me again a question because if you look at things which are probably like KYC or or maybe to ensure that, uh, I mean, the KYC automatically lends itself to ensure that people find it safe to come onto your platform. Again, going back to a point which very made about whether it is someone else's uh, identity, identity being shown and money being stolen or goes into wrong account, whatever. So I think while you are focused on education, I think you, you're operating more like a, a fintech by kind of firewalling a lot of things and making it a very secure environment as an as a enabling infrastructure. So I'm, I'm assuming that a big size or a big chunk of the team at Pay4Me, is it a tech team? Uh, I think the, the, the engineering team is the, is the biggest. But then I think our customer support team is now growing. Uh, currently, we are now at four people that are working around the clock, that are doing support. And, and also for our operation team, we have also grown. I think we have around three to four people too that are there that are doing the operations. Like, 
the engineering team is still the highest. But then our support team looks like they are going to grow much faster than us. <laughs> I mean, as a CTO, I'm, I'm sure that you'd want to keep the headcount on the engineering side, the, the bigger one, because that's driving the company. But, you know, it's it's a very important point you talk about when, you, when, you, when you're doing a, a B2C kind of a play or a, or a consumer-facing play. I think the customer support and customer service is a, is a very important aspect. As a, as a CTO, uh, if you were to kind of talk about how important customer service is to, to your organization and how uh, consumer internet startups or B2C startups, how and why they should pay attention to customer support, uh, if you can talk a bit about that. Yeah, so I, I, like, I like talking about customer support. Uh, uh, once in a while, I go to our Slack channel, our workspace, and then I will shout out to them. I will try to get uh, people excited about them. I like them. Uh, when I realized the place of customer support was why we were see why we still had our our our, our I think the first version of pay, no the second version of pay for me on the Play Store, and then we we launched the 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 V three of the app, and then I went back to the V two of the app and I looked at it. I was like, crap! This is what we have been using. This is what people have been using to make payment like. This, this is probably not the app working. This is basically the support people working. Like, I knew that if there was no support person that was trying, that, that, that was handling those things and interfacing with those customers, the app itself was not really doing something uh, uh, amazing. It was not really that amazing. It was not really that cool. So that was when I now saw how important customer support. Customer support can cover a bad product. Customer support can can make your company look like the best. Like it's everything. Uh, most time people don't really care about how your app looks. They don't really care about how uh, 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 the design looks and the interface and everything. They care about you solving their problem. And if there's someone that is there to help them solve the problem, uh, or there is your or if it's your app that was solving their problem itself, they don't care. They just want their problem solved. And at that time, the app was there to solve the problem, but not the way it's supposed to be. Like, even me looking at it as, as, as when we built the V3, I was like, no, no, no. How could somebody even use this app? Then what now occurred to me was that the customer support was literally the people that were covering up for us. So customer support is the most, like, if you, could, if you, if you can build anything, make sure you build customer support into it or have somebody working as a customer support for you, but the customer support without customer support, a, a fine product, a beautiful product, a product that looks cool can be like it can go to zero because people need to talk to people. And there are some edge cases that might not be covered in your app. You need people to be there to make sure that those edge cases are resolved. Wow, so that's that's good. Not because you spoke glowingly about customer support and customer service, but coming from a CTO, because a lot of times, if it's a it's a tech guy, tech believes, so every function wants to and tries to believe that the function that they are running is the most important one. That's what's keeping the ship floating. But I yeah. think as a, as a leader, as a leader, and, and that's where I think it, it comes in as a leadership quality, because end of the day, you're working with people within the organization, whether you're running engineering, you're running marketing, it's a people function. And like you rightly pointed out, the app can be broken at times. There can be bugs. There can be problems. But customer support is the one which is keeping you afloat and making the, the business 
stay alive and and run because that's that's the port of call for the the customer who's coming on to the the platform so coming from a yeah. cto coming from a, a career tech guy it's also important to note that from time to time you make time to go and visit your customer support function and spend time with them because it's very important because a lot of times when you build a technology product you believe you would want to believe that the the user interface or the user experience you're building the the tech that you're embedding in your platform everyone likes to talk about ai machine learning blockchain and and what not but yeah. at the end of the day you need to you need to know that it's a it's an individual using the platform and it's a person and yeah, the person so, so, is, yeah go ahead go ahead yeah so so how how i how i do this is uh from time to time i try to i go to support person uh the lead support uh person and i'll ask her what is the most challenging issue that people are complaining about they have that data that data can help you know where to focus on like you don't need to ask it every day you, you just need to ask it from time to time and they will tell you and they are the, they are going to be more frank with you because they are the one interfacing with the customer they are the one that are dealing with the pain point that they so any issue the customer is having that he can't even point on the app or report on the app or report via the feedback mechanism that we have in place he can always report it to the customer support and the truth is that that's where i get my most valuable data the support people they will always tell you this is not working some sometimes we build things with we, we say it's working we push it out there but then support will tell you it's not working so that's when we now realize that okay this is working on our system <laughs> we have to do something so that it works on other people's system so <laughs> customer support person they are, they are, i think they should be there should be a good relationship between customer support people and the people that are building the product absolutely i i couldn't agree more and i think it's it's very important for anyone who is listening right now or is going to be listening to this in in the in the future on on our spotify channel even if you're building a tech first product i think it's it's very important that it's not just the website or the app that you're building i think the support function is equally crucial so invest in people because at times they are the ones who are going to keep your product up because technology can go down i mean exactly exactly you, technology can you go can, down they, they are the one that <laughs> they are the ones who are going to keep you float the, the the worst situation you might be in a room presenting to an investor and it's quite possible that either the laptop is crashing because it's a software or the projector mm. is not working so technology i mean as much as it is enabling a lot of things i think technology is also something that can let you down at times so do not forget to to invest in people and 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 like jude mentioned even if you're a product guy even if you're a tech guy you need to spend time even with your other functions whether it is marketing customer support because a lot of times when you talk to them they think differently than you as a tech person or as a product person you will be able yeah. to kind of learn from that and embed that into what you're building so that's that's really some some good points so what's next for for pay for me you're still very early in your journey i think it's not about product market fit you've been a part of uh, tech stars i think I, i'll actually even ask you that one what what was your experience or take away from the tech stars program uh so uh tech stars uh, i think two things uh we got to interface with people and they had to tell us i think there was this particular mentor that spoke with us and i kind of stick with what she said 
She said that it's okay. This is how she puts it. She said it's okay to diversify. It's okay to do uh, uh, diversity, race diversity, uh, do women's equity, uh, uh, all those uh, all those things that people care about, like gender equality and all those things. But he told us something. Now you need the people that will go with war, that will go to war with you. People that when you wake them in the middle of the night, they will wake with you. When you wake them in the morning, they will wake with you. Like these are the people we need now. Like these are the, like the woman had to t- tell us that. I, I I think her name is Amanda. Uh, she's a texter uh, uh, affiliate, uh, and she was one of the mentors that mentored us. And I think that that was a defining. I think that was one of the most important sessions for me because uh, sometimes when you start getting uh, to some some uh, this thing, will I say when you start getting product market feed, maybe start getting some attention. You might you might be treat or be you, you might feel like you need to start doing equality. And that's good. But the point is if you are still trying to solve the problem, you need your people that will going to go to war with you. Not people that you are you are trying to be frank with, people that you are trying to make them feel good. That's not the people you need. You need the people that are going to tell you to your face, this thing is not working and we need to change it. You need people that are going to be there and tell you, I'm fixing this thing and until it's done, I'm not going to sleep. These are the kind of people you need when you are building, when you are trying to solve the problem. And that was one of the biggest takeaways I got from Texas. Uh, I think the other one is, uh, uh, I wasn't there physically. I, I, I had to, it, it, was, it was remote. All the sessions we have broadcasted uh, via Zoom, and I connected through all of them. But my team is there. But I think uh, the most important one is the this one, networking. Like, you need people that know people that know people. Uh, uh, I think uh, I think uh, it's Nevada says that if you are going to if you are going to build a great uh, company, you need people. You need a great idea. You need to work hard. That's the second one. But you need people. So getting into Texas, we got in touch with a lot of great people in the industry, people that know people that know people. Uh, we had a lot of sessions with uh, Stripe. They gave us time, like office hours where we're, we're out, like anytime we need them, Stripe was always there. We had their team. They even had their team that connected us to Paystack. Like the connection is 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 one of the biggest takeaways too. Like, I don't think you can buy that. I don't think it's quantifiable with respect to money. It's, it's something big. It's something that is hard to get. So I think that's one of the things that Texas gave us. They gave us a network, a strong network that whenever we need something, there is somebody to call. So we even had a session with Amazon. Uh, but then we don't use AWS. We are a small company. We want to keep our costs low. But we had connection with them. We had one of the founders. There was office hour with them. Like, all these people, all these big guys that could make your business or help your business, uh, they will give you connection, those connections. They will give you those assets. So I, I think that thing is, is invaluable and it can be quantified. I, I think it's, it's a very important point that you make. I think because a lot of times people just, when they look at an accelerator program, they just look at the, the money that is probably there for the taking. But I think the the network that you spoke about and the, the way you even explained it, I mean, people who know people who know people. So that's yeah. exactly what uh, a network is. And as long as you know, I mean, the and Textras does the, the mentor madness very well. Uh, 
it's it's rapid but at the same time you you get to interact with with a lot of folks so their programs are fairly structured i mean they're good friends with us so i have no hesitation talking about them but i think uh, getting into an accelerator program which which gives you the visibility which gives you the the access to people whether it is mentors people who have successfully built companies i think it is it is super critical also i think it yeah. it's important that that lot of entrepreneurs they 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 learn and pick the brains of people who have got it into international accelerator programs whether it's a techstars whether it's a plug and play whether it is a y combinator because i think even if you do not get selected just the process of filling in the application form a lot of things that you may not have thought of it makes you think it makes you think and if you make it to the next round where you get interviewed you get asked questions so it's almost like getting prepared for for several things so applying to accelerator programs is don't just look at it from one lens of some money being being there whether it's a grant whether it is equity whatever i think the exposure that you get i think the the visibility that the platform provides the access to people that you get i think that's also super critical not only in in validation but also i think bringing in the different domain experts how can you make your business model more robust how can you kind of think differently i think that's that's a very uh, important uh, takeaway uh, that that jude also mentioned and i also completely agree with him in terms of being into into such programs so with that uh, jude i'll come to my last question after which we can open up the floor to a couple of questions so what's what's next for for pay for me i like i was saying earlier it is still early days you've been around for 3 years now you you based in in nigeria but you have captured a few markets in the continent and like i was mentioning it's it's a huge market if you look at africa as a continent what's next yeah. for pay for me so currently uh i think the biggest part of pay for me is still being worked on i think we have not really crossed it and that is pay for me business we don't know how it's going to be we don't know how massive it's going to be but we know that it's big we know there is something there but then it's also the hardest part because we've tried to talk to schools we've tried to talk to uh institutions that that could uh, that that have more international students uh this institution because for for international students to want to come over to your school that means the school must have a name this school must be doing something must have produced must have something so it's not really easy to get those people uh on the on the table so it is the hardest but then that's the next stage for us we solved the collection problem we we solved the payout problem because we we do uh, we do payout on paper me in case for somebody we had to do that it became part of because somebody needs to to a refund you know sometimes you pay for to schools and then they will refund the money maybe because the person didn't meet a criteria or something we need a way to pass the money back and we have to automate these things if not we have a lot of manual processes that will just be delaying us uh, so what we want to focus on now is uh on the business we want to get the business uh, we want to get the schools into our platform so when the students pay this money we pay to the school that like school knows that we are the ones collecting this money we pay to the to to the school partnership with us like a kind of uh we pay to them uh directly like we pay to them as people we know not <laughs> not like we are just somebody paying on behalf of somebody no we are those pay for me guys that talks with you guys and these students say he knows the people and he wants to pay you so this is the money and they get notified 
they get the money and the money drops on time. So, so the school knows us. So now if school knows us, it's easier for them to identify the money to, to say, okay, this money comes from here and this from this person and it's legit. So like all those processes, all those uh, verification thing and all those things, as soon as we hit the partnership, it comes down, it becomes like one. So uh, all those friction will go down and then student payment will arrive faster. Student payment will also arrive cheaper for those students because it will be more, uh, uh, the school will be doing the, uh, the those maintenance fee that we collect from students uh, as currently we do now. So, but the, the, the next stage of pay for me is the business. That's where we want to be, we want to be the business. Very cool, very cool. So I'm I'm done with my set of questions for, for Jude. If anyone here wants to ask, we can probably take a couple of questions. So I'm happy to open up the floor. If you want to ask a question, you can probably request to speak. I'll unmute you and, and then we are good to go. So happy to take questions now. Uh, Hi, Mr. Jude. Um, it's very nice you. hearing from you talking about no for me. So I want to ask a question. My question is, is there a specific country you guys assist with your payment to, or do you just um do you pay to any country when um your um customer reaches out to you guys? Uh, thank you. Uh, that should be said. That voice sounds familiar. So uh, we we help people, uh, students pay their tuition payments to US. Uh, we do Canada. We do UK. Uh. And some European countries, even uh, we even do Norway. Uh, there are a lot of uh, most European countries we can help you make your payment there, and also, uh, but mostly uh, the United States, UK, Canada. Uh, uh, is there any other one I'm forgetting? Uh, I'm not sure there's any other one I'm forgetting. But basically, all the most European countries we help students make payment there. Uh, and also those specific countries that I just mentioned. But places like China, uh, places like Japan, uh, we, I don't think we have a solid ground for now, but hopefully in the future, uh, we'll get there. Thank you. Okay, thank you. T as well has a question. Uh, good day, everyone. Uh, it's not necessarily, necessarily a question. Uh, I just wanted to give like a shout out to you and uh, Jude. I think I, I really found this... Uh, this session really interesting and insightful. Uh, the questions asked were very, very uh, insightful, and also the the response by Stephen. So this is just like a kudos. Uh, I don't know if this is recorded or can I can I be able to access this later to maybe rewatch or share with someone else. Oh, see for sure. This is going to be on the Hindsight Ventures Spotify channel, so you will be able to kind of hear this. We'll try and get it up probably by tomorrow, if not uh, earlier. But uh, yeah, you'll be able to kind of hear it on the, the Spotify channel of Hindsight Ventures. In fact, if you go there, you also see the other five uh, conversations that we have had with founders from the continent building for Africa. Okay, that's great. Thank you. All right. Anyone else for tonight? We are on the clock. Uh, and thank you so much for, for making time to, to chat with us. It was wonderful talking to you. 
young company but trying to disrupt something uh, which is a massive industry in the continent also it's not very easy to build a company which is at the intersection of of two sectors which is education and finance in in your case but i think from an opportunity standpoint it's a, it's a massive one also the kind of data points that you will end up with over a period of time i think your business is is definitely going to evolve and we look forward to this hearing great things about pay for me over the the next several years to come uh, for the audience who is tuned in live thank you so much for making time to to join us on a wednesday evening uh, we we are live every wednesday at 9 pm east africa time with a new founder who is building in africa for africa so do not forget to to tune in every wednesday at 9 pm east africa time do spread the word you'll get to hear some interesting conversations people who are building in africa for africa across different industries and i think this is something as a initiative by hindsight ventures by the founder for the founder so the best way to go about doing business building business doing a startup is by getting inspired by listening to people who have had a journey and they are willing to come on the platform and and share it so spread the good word and we look forward to kind of having many more of you join us over the the next several weeks that that will be live thank you so much have a nice evening and see you all on our twitter space next wednesday at 9 pm east africa time thank you so much for having me